Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. Thank you to each and every person who has tuned in today, however this episode might find you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we're so glad to have you along with us today. And we will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, which is something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated that week. And finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? My thorn came this morning in the form of a headache. Um, It's one of those that just kind of surprised me in the sense of I didn't really see it coming. You know, sometimes you like, oh, I'm so tight. I'm probably going to get a headache versus, oh, I just woke up and like had a Mm. A headache, and it was the first thing. Thankfully, I didn't have anything I was particularly planning to do in the first couple of hours of the day, so I just kind of switched from I don't know doing something else to like kind of man managing the <laughs> headache pain, which usually for me just means listen to a podcast and massage your neck and shoulders, and just kind of help help to to ease that tension. So mm-hmm. thankfully, um, it's mostly dissipated. So I'm feeling mostly better but yeah just a a bit of a wrench to be thrown in there as it were Mm. um I say that my my rose was at um I'm kind of finally getting into a bit of a rhythm with resistance training so I know for especially for us women as we are in our you know mid to late 20s 30s and obviously getting older than that too it's important to have good um, muscle, muscle strength and health for particularly our our bones. I think, I think women often are, um, it is highlighted that women can have issues with fractures and, Mm. um, osteoporosis and things like that. And so, um, just knowing that I think even in my own familial history, I might have a bit of a predisposition to osteoporosis. So thinking Mm. I need to get more resistance training, but like what, what's a way that's easy for me and um, that I can like and enjoy doing it. So I found this great video online that gives me an opportunity just to, to work on that with dumbbells in my own living room. So like not needing to get out and get to a gym to use all different machines, which I would like to do, but um, it's just starting small and feeling like I can make progress has just been really encouraging to me. Mm, amazing. I love that feeling of, I am making a little bit of progress like every mm-hmm. single week you get to up your weight, like just a little bit, or just do it a little bit deeper, whatever, whatever just, it is that you're doing. Feeling, yeah. Just feeling good feeling strong in your body too. Just, it's, yeah. it's cool to feel like 
I'm 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 an embodied creature. You know, I'm not just a brain mm-hmm. on a stick. So <laughs> yeah. How about I for love you? that? Well, um, my thorn this week was so I I've tried kind of recently to come up with a a little bit more of like a a not strict schedule, but like a schedule that kind of um allows me to do my work more efficiently. Um, because I've, I've kind of been struggling with oh, feeling like I have a lot of different things that I'm like, oh gosh, I got to go, you know, attend to that. And I have to attend to this. And, um, but the thorn was finding it difficult to get that schedule kind of off the ground hmm. and running and like feeling like I was actually enacting it, um, you know, sufficiently. So I'm hoping that this coming week I can kind of get into that groove even just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for my rose this week, um, Nathan got me for my birthday. We had it had taken a while um, to get to get here for us, but for my birthday, he had gotten this tapestry of this painting that I really love, and it's called New York Movie by Edward Hopper, and it's just this moody painting of a woman standing off to the side in a dimly lit theater. And, um, for some reason, it's just one that really captures me. Uh, so anyway, he found this tapestry of it and we put it up this week and, um, we, we had left that wall, you know, kind of bare for just, we're going to fill this in eventually. Mm -hmm. We want to find pieces that we like. Um, and so we put it up on that wall and it was just so like, it was immediate, the, the effect that it had on me, this like this feels like home now. And I just get so much joy, um, you know, looking at it throughout the day and noticing a new detail. And, um, yeah, so that, that was my, that was my rose was having like something. That. The yeah. power of something like that to make it feel like home, especially when it has some kind of tie to your, your personality and your experiences. That's really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. Just such a little rose for me. All right. So just a couple of things before I move on to our letter. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please think about leaving us a review. It helps to boost the podcast. It helps to get it in front of other people who might um, enjoy it, who might identify with the letter that week and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would just love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of finding contentment and joy in the season of life that you are in, in your everyday life. Dear Wallflower, I am a city girl who married a wonderful country boy. After a few years living in the Pacific Northwest, we decided to move back to my husband's family farm. We have been here for three years now and have a young son. There are many things I genuinely love about the peace and beauty of farm life and the proximity to my husband's darling parents, but the distance from all the delights of the city and the more like-minded community it holds has been difficult. Until recently, we had been attending a church an hour away in a larger city, but recently decided to look for churches nearby and become more invested in our geographic community. 
I know the Holy Spirit has been working in my heart to make me willing to invest in our rural community, but I am still struggling with contentment. Can you help me think through practical ways to shift my mindset towards gratitude and hope rather than counting all the things I feel I am missing out on and putting up walls towards a place where we live? Gratefully craving contentment. Jessica, what are your thoughts for a writer today? Well, I know before we had um, pressed record, you and I, Kelia, were talking about how how interested we were in this letter and how excited mm-hmm. we were to get to address it. I feel like it's such a great question um, talking about this really important topic of contentment. And especially in a world where I feel like we find ourselves bombarded with so much um, in, in social media um, and even in our everyday lives with, with the people that we interact with, there's just so, there's so much that we can start to compare against. And mm-hmm. I think it's so, it's so wonderful to see when people are, aware that this is happening and they want to foster contentment. So I want to definitely give props to our, our writer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, having grown up in a mid-sized town, more or less in the country, and now having lived very close to Denver for at least a decade, I can easily imagine our writer's difficulty. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly how, how country she's talking about. I mean, a farm that's, you know, certainly very country, <laughs> but you know, it might even be smaller than where I grew up. So I can't say I know for sure what she's experiencing, but I, it's hard for me to imagine going back and living where I grew up now that I've experienced what I do. So I feel like there's definitely some empathy for her in my own heart right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, like I said at the beginning, I, I applaud her for recognizing the discontentment that she's feeling and seeing that she can do something about it. Um, she mentions, you know, feeling like she's put up walls against this country community and this idea of comparison with the city life or thinking about what she's missing out on. Mm. I think it's so important to have to have those aspects um, of of realizing what's going on, what's at issue, and then desiring to be able to take practical steps. Those are key to being able to make change. Mm-hmm. I say in in a general sense, um, the main phrase that comes to mind for me when thinking about her situation is this, choose your life, choose mm-hmm. the life you have right now, choose to live and love where you are. While I will offer some specific suggestions in a moment, there is a lot of power. I think it's starting with this idea of choosing to be and to love where you're planted. Hmm. I absolutely love that. I'm sorry. I love that idea. Choose your life because you already have it. It's right there in front of you for you to choose. And you just have to say yes. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much um, holding us back when there's this mindset of, of what if like, well, you know, what if something changes in a year or what if I could live here instead? Or what if, what if it, like I, I fall into that all the time because I, I, I'm wondering what is happening once I finish my PhD and, mm-hmm. and I'm in a condo. We had, you know, we don't imagine being in a condo for X number of years. So maybe we're, we, how do we find a house, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, yeah. um, I don't know to what extent this might be playing into the way that she thinks about her life, but I think a lot of us have some sort of what if mentality that keeps us from being fully where we are. 
Yes. And uh, there's a wonderful uh, Jim Elliott quote that I like to return to time and again. I think he said, wherever you are, be fully there. Hmm. And just this idea of being present. And it sounds like this is her desire. And she's just looking for some practical you know, tips to foster that gratitude and that hope. So I just hope that at least initially as kind of a a broad overarching kind of framework, the idea of choosing to be and to love where you are and and seeing that as as a a free act of your own will, your agency, Hmm. that you have a choice. And when you fight against that, I think that's when we get the the least um, satisfaction and we have the most discontentment is when we're fighting. Mm-hmm. against against choosing so i'd say choose is is a great starting place and another way you might think through this and kind of gets to our of the flower metaphor is like a grow or bloom where you're planted hmm. so currently you're planted in the country you know what does it look like for you to grow and to bloom there that's beautiful i love that idea so on to some practical suggestions i have thought through for fostering gratitude and hope at first i would say look around you for like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Our writer mentioned that she tends to find more like-mindedness in the city than in the country. Um, mm-hmm. But I would encourage her to seek out those in her immediate context that share some of the things in common that she's thinking about. Um, maybe you won't find quite as much of it, but I imagine you'll find at least some things, especially when you're looking out for it. So I'd say foster those relationships as those that can feed and pour into you and into which you can also pour, find those mutual relationships. I think that's going to be really important for helping you to feel content and satisfied is when you can at least have one or two other people that have certain things that you share that you feel strongly about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also say find ways you can invest in the community that uses your skills and your passions. I think we're far more likely to feel part of a community and invested, you know, once we start serving, I've always felt that way about churches that I, I've been a part of until I start to serve. I feel like, am I really, am I really at home here? Do people really know me? Do I know people? Mm. And then once I start to serve, I'm like, oh, like I, I get to know people and you build stronger bonds and kind of, there's something about like getting your hands dirty, like with other people, like this idea that, um, you're side by side working towards something together that help you to feel more invested. And I think that, yeah. that could be a huge way to um to foster contentment. Yeah. I think I think we want to feel at home, but also needed. And I think it, you know, if she if she can find a way that her gifts are needed at this um at this church or in this community, um, you know, whether it's just serving one person and an elderly, um, neighbor that she can go and visit and, and bring her, you know, scones or, or whatever it is, that is such a valuable thing to feel needed and a part of your community that way. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's things that can connect to her, her interests or passions that, yeah. um, if it's life-giving, it's going to be a win, hopefully a mm-hmm. win-win situation. Another thing I would say is keep an open mind and along with that, listen well, so that um, you will then have an opportunity to share your perspective. You know, I'm just imagining with her saying things about like-mindedness and some of the difficulties of being in the country that there may be situations where she doesn't find as much um, ease of connection with people, maybe from um, slightly different perspectives on, on things in life. 
And I think like this idea should ask how to foster gratitude and how to foster, foster hope. I feel like hope is something that can require a lot of patience and long suffering Mm -hmm. from us. Like as much as it can give us life in the hoping, it, it is also this kind of multifaceted thing that has a bit of difficulty to it. Yeah. Um, I think we have to be willing to listen and keep an open mind if we expect others to respond to us in those kinds of ways. And so I think, um, I don't know exactly her situation, but I'm just going to imagine for a moment, you know, for her having lived in cities in the Pacific Northwest, I'm guessing that she probably has some views, say, of maybe creation care, environmental stewardship that some people in the country might see as, quote, progressive, you know, and that (laughs) could create some kind of a barrier. And so it may be that she desires to share some of her interests for things like recycling or composting, thrifting, et cetera, with those in her area. But maybe the pace of change might be a bit slower than she'd like to see. And mm-hmm. so, you know, what does it look like to be patient in that situation? Keep an open mind, um, but also being willing to listen well so that others will then be willing to listen to her. Yeah. And this leads into my my next tip, which is the idea of leading by example. I think it's important when you don't feel content for a variety of reasons to stay consistent to who you are and to what your core values are. Um, You obviously still have to, you know, adapt within the new context, but what does it look like for you to stay consistent to yourself and not be afraid to live out the things that you're, um, that you're passionate about and interested in, Mm -hmm. in a way that, that might make others curious but is not forceful, you know, that you're still, um, keeping in an open mind and being, being loving and, and, and respectful toward others while still enabling yourself to, you know, be, be the version of yourself that you want to be within the context that you find yourself. Um, specifically with the idea of practicing gratitude in mind, I thought of the idea of maybe each morning as you get out of bed, choose and name one thing that you're grateful for regarding your place and meditate upon this in prayer as you get ready for the day. Hmm. I think I've just, I've heard in numerous places, um, the, the various positive effects that gratitude can have. I mean, obviously it's biblical, right? That we're supposed yeah. to be pr- praising God and giving thanks for things. But there are also things with um, neurochemistry, like neurobiologically mm-hmm. practicing gratitude can actually help us to be happier, healthier people holistically. And I don't think it's like, oh, is it spiritual or is it biological? Spiritual is everything. Like, right. Yeah. So it, it, it encompasses all of our lives. And so if it's good for our brain, it's probably good for our spirit and our, like our, our soul as well. So mm-hmm. I just feel like having practical ways to name things that you're grateful for can be a very powerful way. And it might seem a little cheesy to like, I have to pick something that I, you know, to focus on today, but at the same time, like it, it might, it, it's kind of, it's like learning to tie your shoes or remembering to brush your <laughs> teeth, right? As we learn things as we're younger, we get into the habit and then we don't have to think about it. So hopefully something like this becomes habitual yeah. and second nature. Well, even that suggestion of that rhythm of picking something new every single morning, that reminds me of um, a book that I read a couple of years ago called, it's either like 
a thousand gifts or ten thousand gifts or something like it's that. One thousand gifts. Okay, by yeah, and, and Boss Camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so she kept a journal um, where she named something every single day that she was um, thankful for, and she found that it became this muscle that she built over however long it took her to write, you know, a thousand things. Um, and it, it's honestly a really beautiful book. And I, I would recommend that our, um, that our writer today reads that book. It was a really, really powerful book. I think that, um, speaks to a lot mm-hmm. of what Jessica was just talking about. Yeah, I would agree with that. Very, very, um, yeah, very powerful story and just a lot that you can take away from it practically, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and just along this lines of gratitude as well, I think there's something like in, ter- in terms of kind of fighting against that, oh, I'm missing out on this or I'm, ca- you know, I'm counting all the things that I I, I wish I could do. Um, what might it look like to reframe when those thoughts arise? I mean, there is, there is something to be said for maybe getting excited for, well, you know, in a month or so, I'm going to go visit the city and here's what I'm excited to, to go do. Like, that's not wrong to look forward to certain things, but yeah. I think rather than fostering or let, letting yourself kind of get into the habit of kind of spiraling downward of, oh, I wish I could do X, Y, or Z, I'd say reframe that. Like if, if you think, oh, I'm missing all the variety of restaurants in the city, maybe you can thank God for the tightly knit community in your town. And perhaps somewhere like the local coffee shop or a library where you end up seeing there's so many people that know each other and they spend time conversing (laughs) and pouring into each other's lives rather than just passing each other by as strangers that you might kind of encounter more in a, in a bigger city. Yeah. It's a star's hollow. (laughs) (laughs) And the last thing I would add here then is uh, foster hope by considering ways that you've been delighted your mm-hmm. place. So um, if you're unfamiliar with the Ignatian spiritual practice of the examine, this is a practice in which at the close of the day, you spend time considering um, where you felt close to God during the day and where you felt far from God. And you kind mm-hmm. of reflect on both of those. Um, and in noticing where you felt close to God, I would say, pay attention to what things about your place gave you joy, or maybe even pleasantly surprised you. Mm-hmm. I say, thank God for these things and meditate upon them. You know, let these memories and experiences root themselves in your heart and gratitude that that hope might grow from that, that you would continue to experience more of that and that your eyes would be open to see what you might be missing or that you'd even, like we said, be involved in, in you know, being um, a positive influence in, in your community and finding mm-hmm. yourself as, as an agent doing things there that bring, bring life for yourself and others. What do you think, Kelia? What are your thoughts? Well, I agree that this was such an interesting letter to me. As soon as I read it, I was going, hmm, and I'm thinking through it. And it, I think what was really interesting um, to me is this desire for contentment, this wrestling for contentment um, is something that I think a lot of us feel a lot. Um, I definitely feel it a lot. Um, and you know, so our writer is, is torn between finding contentment right where she is. And, but she's also desiring something very strongly, um, as well that is over there. And, um, you know, something that I thought about immediately, I thought about, um, how she, how she is feeling about her rural community, 
that she, she feels like she's putting up walls. Um, when we get married and we are melding our lives with somebody else, um, something that I have found is so helpful because I, I was like her, I was, I mean, I'm still, I guess a city girl. <laughs> um, but I had only ever lived in the city, um, growing up and, you know, before I met Nathan, I, I had not really, um, been to like more rural areas. Um, and so, so something that occurred to me is when we get married, we are given this new, this brand new perspective from a person that we love. And it's really important to look at what your spouse loves and see the value in it and understand why they love this thing or this place. Um, to take note of the things that they love. And there, like something that comes to mind, this story from when I had um, I think we had been together for about, I don't know, probably six months at this point. And I was visiting Colorado for the very first time. And, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> and so he, Nathan drove me up to like this kind of top of a, of a mountain, little like outlook. And it was really, really dark. It was at night. Um, so it was really dark. And, you know, he wanted to show me the stars because I didn't get uh, to see the stars ever. Yes. <laughs> <growing> <laughs> up. He was like, I promise it's going to be amazing. And I would not get out of the car because I was so scared because I was like, someone is hiding in the bushes. There's probably a bear. It's dark. I can't see anything. I, what if I fall? And, um, no, says, only says a city girl. Right? <laughs> and so now, you know, I didn't understand. I didn't have any, um, I, I didn't have any like positive connections with this place yet. And so now fast forward, you know, a few years, um, I absolutely adore Colorado. And we were talking about this just the other day, Nathan and I, we were talking about all the places in the world that we love and I realized that Colorado has really become a heart place for me that when I land there in a sense, I feel like I'm going home. Mm. I'm home in LA too. I feel like I'm home in New York as well, you know, after four or five years there, mm -hmm. but Colorado is a place that has become home. And, um, and I think that's because I, you know, kind of, um, I stepped into a new phase of life there. And it sounds like our writer is also stepping into a new phase of life here. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, she's a new mother. This place is where she has become a mother, not just a wife anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that was such a, a valuable thing for me. It was like Colorado was a lot of where I spent. I mean, we, you know, escaped there during COVID um, for a few months. So it was a lot of where I spent like kind of the early, um, months of like being a wife. And I feel like I really grew up there as a wife in many ways. Mm. Um, what I will say though, is it sounds like our writer has tried to do this, has tried to love what was unfamiliar to her because her husband loved it. Um, you know, I, I see that she is trying to see the value in this, this different place, this unfamiliar place. She says that it's peaceful, that it's beautiful, that she's closer to her in-laws. So I, I want to um, 
you know, applaud that she has tried to understand the love and feel that love as well and grow it herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's looking for practical ways that she can shift her mindset to one of gratitude for where she is. And she says that she's looking to feel content in their rural community instead of feeling like she's always missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are a couple things along with everything that Jessica said, I think there are a couple things that she can do um, to continue deepening her roots in this community. Um, so I have found that no matter where I am in the world, if I'm in the biggest city in the world or a little suburb, um, I have found that creating a rhythm, a rhythm that tells me what to expect every single week is what makes me feel like I'm home wherever I am, you know? Um, so when we're in Colorado, we do this thing called adventure Wednesdays where we go out on a Wednesday, we grab, you know, a coffee and a breakfast sandwich and we go somewhere. A lot of times we go somewhere we've never been before, or sometimes we go to like a little hike that we really love. It just depends on what we are feeling like that day and how much energy we have, but that's a rhythm that has made Colorado feel like home to me. Mm. Um, and you know, in here in LA, we, um, we, (laughs) we make outings of like, when we go to the gym, like we go on our our little hike afterwards and Mm -hmm. we like drink, you know, vitamin water. Um, and we have our, our Saturday date nights. And so we've made these rhythms every single week that this is home when I'm doing this rhythm, I'm home and I'm happy, you know? So I think that could help our writers like creating some kind of rhythm that feels like home to her. Um, I think it's a great thing that she's investing in her church community where she is. Um, I I do think there is something so beautiful about going to church and meeting the people that are living in the same town or city um, as you, a similar lifestyle as you. And you know, I would encourage her. I know that um, that she says that there aren't a lot of like-minded people. I would really encourage her to try to meet up with someone for coffee or start a Bible study and invite a few people, even if she doesn't feel like they're that um, like-minded. I think it's also important though, to find closer community there. So to find a friend who might be in a similar place in life, Mm -hmm. who's maybe also a new mother, or maybe even to find a friend who's a couple of decades older than you and knows how to pour into your life. I think I want to encourage her to, um, I know she's looking for, you know, this kind of like like-minded kin- kindred spirit type. I get that. I feel that as well. I want to encourage her to look for a friend that is not necessarily how she envisioned them to look, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I just think it's so important to have people to love and be loved by wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I think we really need that. Um, yeah, and that really takes an openness, right? It takes a vulnerability on our parts yeah. to open ourselves up to loving others and being loved. But then also, like you said, kind of setting aside any sort of an agenda or an idea of like, well, this is what I imagine a friend would look like. I mean, sometimes that does happen a certain way because like we've yeah. said a lot of times, like you, for a friendship to really work, you need to have certain values held in common. But often yeah. that'll come in a quote package that does not, look the way that you thought or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it be. I think there's so much to be said for learning from people who are different from us too. Exactly. And so I think that's a really beautiful opportunity that she has right now. 
Um, but here's how I'm going to take a left turn. So <laughs> uh, <on>. we talked, <laughs> we talked about how our writer, um, has, you know, grown to love what her husband loves. I also want to affirm it is okay to love the things that you love. Mm-hmm. You love the city. And while finding contentment where we are, I think is something that we are all supposed to be working on. Um, to be honest, I think part of why our writer could be, as she said, continuing to put up walls where she is, is she's trying to ignore an itch that she has. And I think when we're ignoring a really deep need that we have or a deep love that we have, um, it makes it so much harder to be actually thankful for the things that are in front of us um, because we don't ever miss it or take a break from it. Um, You know, it's like, if I am really, really, really hungry and someone says, well, here's a cold glass of water. I go, well, thank you. That's not exactly what I needed though. Water is wonderful and you do need water to survive, but sometimes you need something else. (laughs) A lot of times you need something else. So, you know, interestingly, like I am kind of living life the other way around from her. I'm, you know, mostly in a city, Um, but I have found that going to Colorado in the summer and the winter, which is the, um, the rhythm that we have found is really, really, really good for me because it's made it so that I can miss the place that I spend most of my time in. Mm. And have my um, cup filled by a beautiful place that I really love dearly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when we go out of our way and and find a way to do the thing that fills our cup, then we are more able to be happy and joyful where we are. So I am suggesting to our writer that she finds a way to fill her cup and her love for the city instead of just ignoring it. And so maybe she could find a rhythm again of going there every week or two weeks or however frequently makes sense. Um, She could join a book club or sign up for a class, or if she has a friend there, she can make a regular, um, you know, lunch date with her Um, or even just assign a specific afternoon every, you know, every other Thursday um, to explore bookstores and cafes and thrift stores and just have some fun there. And I think it could be, you know, wonderful to, um, to invite her husband along if she, um, you know, if it's not a book club, if it's more of just a fun kind of exploration thing, I think it would be, um, good that they can share this joy together that she finds being in a city that he can love what she loves as well. Um, so that, um, can I add that, something there? Yeah. I just one thought I had is just, um, I, I like how that gives her quote, like permission, you know, to, to, to enjoy and pursue that, which she loves about the city. I would also encourage her, like, as she's discerning what that looks like for her in her context, um, like I would, I would encourage her to think about what's a good amount and a rhythm that doesn't hinder 
the desire for her to grow in contentment and love for where she lives. And, you yeah. know, there's that, because I think there, there could be a frequency where it's like, oh, I've just got to make it through my, it's the idea of like, I've got to make it through my work week. Like, like I've got to make it through this mm-hmm. week here. And then I could finally get back to the city or something like that. And like, you don't yeah. want it to be something like that. So I don't, um, I just, yeah. Encourage her to know, know herself, you know, and, um, enjoy I think like what you're saying is don't box, don't box up and feel like you have to bury, you know, the, those, in, um, those desires, the, the enjoyment that she has for the city, like find ways to still enjoy that. Um, yeah. and, and, um, delight in that because that's part of who you are and that's what you like. But then it sounds like you're also learning to like and delight in the country as well. And so finding, yeah, a good way to balance those. Yeah, exactly. So if that's like every other week, if that's once a month, however often would make sense. Um, but as Jessica said, not not make it feel like your um, everyday life is just a work week that you're getting through. Um, but I, I just don't think that finding contentment where we are necessarily means that we have to cut out every single mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. other thing that gives us joy. And I think it's about finding that balance that makes sense for us and for our needs. And it seems that, you know, this is a need that hasn't um, gone away for her. And I think that's okay. Um, You know, that's, that's what we have found works for us when we leave our apartment in the city for a spell just a couple of times a year. I think, I think that's, a writer can find that rhythm for herself in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So I hope that, um, that we were able to offer some good thoughts and something for her to think about and maybe even implement. And to anyone else who might be listening that identified with this letter, I hope that we were able to offer you something, um, of worth today. All right, so it's time for the May We Suggest segment of our podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? This week I'm suggesting the music of John Lucas. Um, Mm. Some of... My favorite songs of his include Flesh of My Flesh, Wonderful Life, Time, and When the Well Runs Dry. His music is the kind that is like perfect for kind of like a chill coffee shop, like in the background. Actually, the first time I noticed his music, we were at a tea shop. (laughs) It was kind of like like a coffee shop, sort of a tea shop. And uh, I just remember noticing like the lyrics. I'm like, I think he's saying something scriptural. Like it was... The flesh of my flesh song is like flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. And, and I was just like, I have to look this up later. This is very interesting. It was um, just very poetic and and beautiful, but so it's lyrical, but it's kind of acoustic and it's like, it's a good like background music for like, if you're eating dinner or if you want to work in the kitchen to something chill rather than something you want to dance to, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, I love this music. I highly recommend it. John Lucas. Lovely. Well, this week I am suggesting a candle because um, if there's one thing in this world that I really love, and and speaking of feeling at home, this is something that always makes me feel at home. It's a candle. 
And I am such a scented candle person. I just absolutely love what they do for them, um, for my space. And so I, I kind of always have a candle, um, lit a candle that I'm working on. And so this week I'm suggesting a candle from a brand called craft and kin, and they make a lot of really lovely scents. And, um, you know, this is a great way, by the way, to get in the mood for fall, which is just around the corner. Um, so I like to get candles that feel kind of moody in this time of year. And one of their candles is called Vintage Leather. It's just a really beautiful scent. It's ambery, it's warm, it lasts a very long time. And so if you're in the mood for some candles, go ahead and check out Vintage Leather from Craft and Kin. All right. So to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder, and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journals for articles about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.